Welcome back, everyone, to Curb Your Podcast. My name is Axel. Curb Your Podcast is a part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. You can also support the podcast, as well as many other podcasts we have, at patreon.com slash dvr, just like what you watch your TV shows on. And uh, we got a great show for you today. Today we're going to be talking about the season finale, Fatwa, of Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9. We're going to do something a little bit different. And we are not going to do a recap. Apologies to those who enjoy that. But um, we just figured we'd have something a little bit more conversational for the finale. Also give Sean a little bit a little bit more chance to, to chime in, which he will do right now. Welcome, Sean. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. <laughs> that was a good thank you. That was a good thank you. Is that thank you good enough for that you? That was good. That was a good thank you, man. I, I mean, you don't want to know something? I felt that before I even realized you were referencing the show. <laughs> I was like feeling the feeling the thank you. I like it. I love it. Good. You're welcome. Yes. That was a good you're welcome, too. That was like a, that was an angry you're welcome. You were like angry that I wasn't more welcome about your welcome. But we're here. We got Sean. We got a great uh, finale. Well, let's talk about that if, if it was a great finale. Let's just get right in. I'm just going to hit some points. And uh, we are going to go over them as we go through. We might not hit everything. But a little background. This is normally how I do podcasts. When I podcast in the past about Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So I've enjoyed doing the recaps, but I've also felt a little bit like I'm doing more recapping than talking. So I just, let's just do something different. So overall, Sean, what were your impressions of this nearly hour long season finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm? I thought it was great. I thought it was a nice way to cap off the season i felt like you were right about everything um what's that mean like you were right about everything your guesses are like perfect like about where the show's gonna go like we saw sammy's wedding the fatwa musical like actually well almost came to fruition (laughs) yeah um so yeah i felt that um it was um it was a good episode. Um, I wish there had been more dialogue from uh, Chet Hanks. Um, I felt that uh, Casey Wilson did a terrific job. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. And I like the whole, like, uh, <clears throat> the I'm sorry bit. Oh, that's so perfect. Because yes, um, I and some people don't apologize. Like. Like, my ex, like, it's just like, I'm sorry is not in her vocabulary. Really? Because I am a, dude, I'm the opposite. I am a over-apologizer. And there have definitely been times in my life where people have, like, gotten mad at me. And Mm -hmm. been like, okay, it's enough. We get it. You feel bad about it. Like, stop trying to get attention because you feel bad. <laughs> like, I've, yeah. you know, like sometimes. So as I've gotten older, I've I, I've brought it back. But I am, as you can tell by the way I speak on the podcast and such in life, I tend to be kind of a 
I tend to put something into it when I talk. So I think I'm pretty good at, at the sorries. I think, I think Larry would be happy with me. Oh, uh, I'm sure. He, yeah, he would be. And you mentioned a few other things. Let, let's start out. Well, let me, let me say my overall impressions are I enjoyed this episode but I do have to say from a critical standpoint, and this has been written a lot. Um, Alan Seppenwall did a great article this week that was kind of about this season of Curb. And um, I, I agree with it, which is that I, I definitely laughed and I love being in this world. But again, I wish this episode as well as the season, I just felt like they were just cramming so much plot into it that um it was like a little bit too much like you said i would have liked to seen uh chet hanks talk more i could have done without the cousins completely and had oh yeah me too and, yeah. and just had it about the wedding we didn't even need that yeah. storyline it was it was i'm not going to say anything is unnecessary because it's curb you know what i mean if it's funny it's necessary if larry likes it and it fits the kind of the theme of whatever he's going for it, it it works but i don't know man i just felt like i was talking about it with um uh dj tim hines who was the host of inside dj's dvr on the dvr podcast network and he was like that he thought that they probably could have cut a lot of the episode and i felt the same way you know even if the episode yeah. had been like a half an hour but then again, if it had been an hour and it was more improv stuff and less of the pl the plot stuff, maybe I would have liked it. But I like your positivity, Sean. I still like it's still curb. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I, I it's still that the worst curb episode is still better than like an entire episode of the funniest parts of like the Big Bang Theory or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, I would say, I mean. I do because um, I feel like the cousins were actually probably some of the poorest characters that yeah. I've seen on the show. Um, and it was it was like okay at first they were playing off like the whole like are these two really married? This guy's probably gay, and then it turned into they're swingers. So it kind of like uh, it just took it took like two left turns for me. I was like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, but, no, um, I, I let's get into that. Let's talk about the cousins scenes. Um so we're introduced to him by some funnier by a funny scene with Lynn Manuel and I really loved him in this episode, but we kind of you're right, like they started out with these kind of awkward scenes which I didn't really it just seemed a little bit I don't know, this I I I almost wanted to like write Larry David a letter. I don't know how I could find out this <laughs> information. I don't know. I was just like, I was going to try to write him on Twitter. I was going to try to ask critics and like, was there something going on with this cousins thing that I missed? Because was it really a, were they making fun of these dumb stereotypes or were they trying to make a joke um, with it? Like, I just didn't get the whole thing of they thought the guy was gay. The guy didn't seem gay to me. I just... And, yeah, I didn't think so yeah, either. I don't understand. Like, I thought Not it even was in weird. This... And then, like, yeah. you know, clearly the wardrobe dude was gay. But, like... 
but that's also it was like yeah. it was it was different in the way that and like oh go ahead yeah i was just gonna say and the wife like so the way she played it when they came in is that like she was very nice and then like when they started talking to larry she put on this really stern face and i was like okay so this is gonna be how it is but the whole like and then it was like i guess the whole premise i think the premise you want to stick with with them is that that this guy might be gay i mean because like that's the first thing you hit like and that was definitely how they were playing it. This guy might be gay. But right, I don't so even get why that's... That. I know, but... And then it was like, they're bad house guests. Well, you should just... <laughs> that could have been its own thing. Like, I feel like it was just too many layers for, like, this set of characters. Yeah, I, I just felt it was just played out, too. Like, yeah. is he gay or something? And it's kind of like... We've moved past that. We've seen that on... T- I mean, that was like... The that was what Three's company was a series of Izzy Gay jokes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just played out, and we've kind of progressed as a society where the general understanding and acceptance, as well as just the um, just the, the how people are just more accustomed. To a yeah. person being gay that doesn't have to talk like doesn't have to have the lisp and do you know what I mean? Like this is just yeah. stereotypes that are kind of it, it's not. I mean, look, you could get all offended. I'm not going that route. I'm just saying it's boring. You know what I yeah. mean? Like your curb is better than that. Like give me a second level where this interplay between the costume designer and then the cousin comes and then you have Leon. Like this was an opportunity for like to have some fun. Like how did Leon not take uh, part in the orgy? Right. That was or, ridiculous. I was like, what? It just, the whole thing didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And then I felt that. So while you have one set of characters that has too many layers, I felt that. Uh, Nick Offerman's char- character didn't have enough. Um, I feel like you have like one of the best comedic actors, and you don't want to do anything with him. Like yeah. he was like he was okay. Like I, I felt like he he wasn't prominent enough in the episode, and the only real thing that they had was the um, the money issue between him and Larry. And that was it. Yeah, which also, which I found, which is a, which was a classic curb social conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. And I just felt that I agree with you in that respect too. When he was asking Nick Offerman about whether he thought the change to the beginning of the play was good and Offerman was like, you know, you could workshop it or, you know, like that was, I like that interplay. That was kind of funny. But then when they played it out with the money thing, um, I just felt like it didn't really give Offerman the opportunity, like you're saying to show any range. And it was interesting because he, I almost forgot that it was him even during the show. Mm-hmm. Like when he when he like when he pops back up and there it's like he's gone for a bit and then they're at the actual paintball range. 
I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Nick Offerman's in. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great scene now. He's going to do something crazy. And then he did have his little, you know, the presenting of the guns where he gets to do his Nick Offerman voice and, you know, talk like he's on Parks and Rec again. You know, like that kind of uh, like, you know, white guy who chops wood voice. You know, we got a lot of them out mm-hmm. here in Portland. But, um, yeah, just, I don't know, man. I, 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 as opposed to Lin-Manuel, who, again, I have to say, I'm just blown away by this dude. He's just, I can see why people loved Hamilton. Because he is, like, just always on, you know? And I thought his stuff was funny. And I even, did you like the duel? I guess, I mean, obviously... That's a Hamilton thing, right? <laughs> I loved when he said Aaron Burr. Yeah, I was like, was, oh, man, it was awesome. It was, I was waiting for some, you know, it was funny that it took that long, right? To it's like, almost, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's just, it's too much. It's, it almost, it almost feels, I hate to say it, thrown together in a way because it's like, it's just too much, but that can be the problem with improvisation is that like, I'm going to bring it back all the way back to the beginning again. And remember when like, this was like a awesome premise. And whenever they would ask Larry, Hey Larry, what do you think of this? Oh, I like this one. And then they go with the other one kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. That is a great premise, but they didn't play it out. Like it was like weird. It was like, like Larry never really reacted to that. So like the first thing they asked is like, okay, which poster do you like better? And then Lynn Manuel Miranda was like, it was like about, about his wardrobe. He was like, what, what do you like better here? Yeah. And it was like you, the robe. Oh, Remember oh, the robe? And he was like, yes, yeah. He's like, yep. what do you think of the robe? You like the robe? He's like, yeah, the robe's great. And he's like, we need more robes. We need <laughs> to, you know, like know, this is great. You know, I don't know if this is Lynn, Manuel Miranda just being like, all right, this is the game I want to play with the scene. And just Larry's not catching on. Like, you know what I mean? But I don't know. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was funny. I remember in that scene, he asked, I think the first time he asked that. And then when it comes back around and I don't know, I, oh, it was the robe. Cause the first time it was some, it was the sweater. Then it was the robe. And then when he asked him about the robe, he says, Larry, what do you think about this slope? And Larry goes, oh, I like it. And then he, and then Lin-Manuel turns to the costume guy and goes, that's exactly what I thought. We need another rope. Like, right. he, like <laughs> not only, he not only like went against Larry, but like he said right to Larry's face, pretty much. I'm, I, now you have confirmed because you like it. It's not going to work. And the thing you said about the poster that threw me a little bit because they asked, I thought, like you were saying, I thought they were trying to set up a dynamic where Lin-Manuel was letting him get away with, like, giving him, you know, it's like a thing you do at a job, right? Like, if you've ever had a job where you have someone who's trying to take your job or that's under you and wants and keeps on trying to feel like they're important, the thing you do is you let them do things that's appears to be because they don't know your job that appears to be important, but really it's like kind of busy work. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? 
And I felt that's kind of what they were going for, which is pretty, is kind of funny. It's a little more complicated, but with the poster thing, cause they asked him which poster he wanted. And then when he walked in, in the, in the scene after that, it was the poster that Larry chose, right? Yeah, it was. That's what I was going to say is like they ended up going with that poster. Yeah, I, so that's what I didn't really get it. confused me. I was like, is it, are they playing this out or no? Yeah, that's what I, yeah. You know, this is, this was, this is my thought and I don't, cause I don't want to diss, I don't want to spend the whole time dissing the show, but I, my thought is I'm starting to look, I was looking at HBO's schedule and I was trying to see what they have coming up that's coming back that's kind of big you know mm-hmm. and the next big thing that they really have is uh westworld and that's not coming back until like february or march i think actually we're going to be covering westworld on dvr podcast if you're a westworld fan me and dj tim hines um but it's almost kind of like they maybe they were editing these or something and they just basically said to him, go as long as you want, like, just get it, get it in here because it's always harder. I think, uh, as you know, Sean, cause you've made film as of I, it's much harder. You're always editing down. It's not hard to make something longer. It's really easy to make something longer. You know, like every film in a theater they could make a four hour, three hour cut of it the next day, you know? And fans are always like, Oh, they, you know, they couldn't shoot that other scene or something. And then you're like, no, actually they cut two scenes that cost $30 million. And that can change how it all plays out. Yeah, exactly. So I think people who are not, who don't, make film or TV or haven't had that experience, that's a common misconception. So to, in order to get curb now during this slot, you know, like late fall, early winter, maybe they just let him like not edit as much. And they were like, just go along with it, man. You know, you don't have to trim it down, leave it loose. And, and he's like, Oh, I'm going to come back with like 40 minutes, like, double the length of some of the old episodes and they were just like okay because i do feel that way that it's just not tight and um and that's a little hard to take when the show has been gone for like six years or whatever you know people Mm -hmm. kind of uh people kind of notice that you know like it's almost you know it's the old adage always leave them wanting more Well, I always leave want more. <laughs> I set you up there, Sean. It took me a second. <laughs> well, let's get to. Uh, let's oh, by t- the way, because you, you didn't ask. What? I had a show this week. Oh, how did it go? Tell us about your show. I did a uh, I did a show at the Ice House in Pasadena, um, and uh, it went really good. Really good. And uh, it was good. There's there's this show. It's run on. It's called what's called Stage Two of the Ice House. And it's just a smaller room, but you know, within the comedy club, it's not the main room. But um, it's run by this guy Dave McNary. He's been running this show for years, and um, people who've done this show in the past 
have included like George Lopez and Will Ferrell. But I'll tell you, man, they like like pretty much have a shrine to George Lopez at this club. It's kind of hilarious. Like, so I guess it's like this is probably the club that like George Lopez kind of like yeah. honed the skills at. You know, did you but, ever check out his show that he did? It was on, I think, TBS. Um, where he was more raw and kind of himself. It was pretty good. Yeah, you talking about talk show? No, no, it wasn't a talk show. It was a like a curb type show. Oh, it was, okay. I think it was called Lopez and it was on after the Jim Gaffigan show. But now I yeah. think TBS has taken a turn away from trying to do those comedies. You know, these networks like change their identity every two or three months. And so I, I think they might both be gone, but I watched like half the first season of it. And that dude was, I had never liked him before, but I liked him in this. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really have uh, a strong impression of um George Lopez I don't really have an opinion strong opinion because I just haven't seen I mean I know who he is and you know I mean the 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 thing that I think of when I think of George Lopez is when he like basically uh outed Carlos Mencia for stealing most of his jokes. Oh yeah. So, like that's all I really like I know he had a show and and stuff like that. I mean I kind of like What was the rhyme really- that he did with that? Wasn't there, wasn't there like a little rot? Wasn't it like Carlos Mencia, the Joker Stila or something like that? Like, there was, oh, I can't remember it. It was, I yeah, don't I don't remember either, but uh, I remember like, and he Who seems knows? like Comedy a good guy. Is tough, and then, dude. Like, That's, he wasn't like oh. storming on the internet, like, oh my God, like people asked him, be like, oh, you know, what's the deal with this? And he was like, well, you know, we, you know, saw his special and we noticed that he like basically stole like 12 jokes from my, uh, like from my special. So it's kind of like, you know, I mean, and I, I'm one of those people, I believe in like parallel thinking, um, in a way, uh, like I've, I've literally been here in LA and like been like, Oh, I have that same joke. But it's usually been a dumb joke that I usually like – I'm like not even using anymore. I, I remember I was like, yeah, I remember seeing this guy at Westside Comedy Theater and like I was like, oh my god, I know this setup. I was like, I bet you anything this is the punchline. It was the same punchline. And I was like, you know, this guy, I don't think he's seen me. But it was a dumb joke and I feel like – I feel like – uh you really want to write something original anyway. So if like something's even like remotely close to someone else, you should probably just be doing something else anyways. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like from my experience and I'm not a comedian, but I follow comedy and stuff. And I feel like people are usually only called out when it's egregious. I think there's a common understanding that there's certain frameworks that people will start from and you can end up with a, pretty similar joke or premise and even if you're you know and also if you're a general comedian if you're not you know emo phillips or something right where you're so specific in your delivery you can you know if you're a dude or a girl on the stage just talking if you're that kind of comic you can easily steal somebody's joke or you you do one-liners there's people who you know who do that too and they steal your joke. But I think when it gets ex- ex- excessive, 
But comedy's tough, man. See, I would have liked to seen something like this. Like that would be fun for me. Like if Larry goes back to comedy, or if you know, that's I don't know. I liked I, that's why I loved the Seinfeld season so much because it was about the process. And I'm just a I'm a process junkie. I like whenever something is about how something's made and how it goes into. Oh, I'm sorry, I I, I diverted. So tell us what happened. So tell us about going on stage and all that in your show. Uh, it was good. Uh, I was the second to last comedian. He had like this this headliner that is a guy that he he does shows. I mean, he travels, and so um, it was good. Like I actually opened with a joke that I had never told before, and I was it was like I was like, man, this is like the best. I have like one joke that has kind of always been my go to opener. And um, so, like, I went with this brand new joke, and it went over so well. And then, like, everything went over well. There was a couple that I'm like, uh, maybe like, there's there's stuff that's over people's head. Um, I have this one joke where I'm like, um, I'm actually a twin, and uh, my brother and I were separated at birth. I went to live with my mother, and he didn't survive the surgery. <laughs> which is a, a conjoined twin joke and um that one did like sometimes like people like aren't able to put it together but when people put it together they like it anyways I do like that i like so that i joke. felt like almost anything i did though it was it was kind of awesome because i felt like almost anything i, w- I could have like I, I definitely tried more jokes it was going so well i, I kind of got a little um I got a little edgy with it and it went over really well. And then like, literally I was just like, this is great. And I got off and I mean, so, and there were a lot of comedians there. Like I've been doing it for on and off for about 10 years now. So, um, and there's people who were on the show that haven't been doing it as long and they were, you know, very nice. I, I, I feel so bad. So like, I didn't watch any other comedians set. And we like, basically there's this door there that kind of separates, like there's a bar area and then there's the showroom. And I sat in the bar area cause I only slept like three hours the night before. I just felt awful. And in fact, I felt so like, I felt so like terrible that I actually took a dump in this comedy club. And I'll, I'll tell you the last place you want to take a dump is any comedy club in this country. Wow. Uh, it's so like, wait a second. I felt bad. Hold on a second. We were talking what? about your great show, and then all of a sudden you're taking, you felt so bad you had to take what, a dump. What I'm saying, like, I feel bad because, like, I didn't watch any other comedian set. So, like, whenever comedian afterward was like, <laughs> oh, I really liked, I really liked your set. And they were like, I really liked this. Or, and I was just like, I didn't have anything to say about <laughs> theirs, which it just, it feels awkward because usually, even, <laughs> even if I don't like, I can usually tell if someone is experienced, I can tell if they, you know, have been doing it a long time, but still don't know how to write a joke or they're just a funny person or they're not funny at all. And like, so I usually will try to find something positive to say, like, I mean, I'm not trying to like make any enemies at shows. So, <laughs> but I just felt bad. It's this really awkward thing where people were like, Oh, I really liked your set. And I was just like, Oh, thanks. 
Like, that's it. Like, I didn't have anything to say about See, Sarah. and that, that would... And it got really weird because there was this girl there, and she just started becoming really braggy. And I was just like, man, like, I, like, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. And I was just like, you know, like, I thought you were a really nice person until you started, like, she just said, like, she said she makes a living doing comedy. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't know. And she was like talking to this guy and she's like, you know, it's all about getting, you know, getting a manager and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, like for me, it's just always kind of been about like being funny and like, I think that's great. But like, I just kind of felt bad for this kid. Cause I was like, man, cause he was asking her and he's, has not been doing comedy for like a year. And he's like, Oh, how do I get a manager? Like, and I'm like, you are not at that point where you should even be asking that question. Um, so it was very, um, you know, he was just like, Oh, this is my first 10 minute set. And like, um, you know, I mean, you're, I feel like you gotta be doing it for like three years, three, four years before you even start thinking about that. Um, gotta graduate. But, yeah. Like, I'm like you, that's, that's what I see. Like a lot of the, the problem with comedy is, is that like people get into it and they're like, Oh, I made a couple of people laugh. I'm, I'm going to straight to the top. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I think that I, do, works. I think that's called America. I don't think that's just <laughs> comedy. My friend, I think that's called America. Somebody had a, uh, somebody said something to me on Facebook the other day says, Oh, oh uh, everyone in America is an imaginary millionaire. It's kind of true. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get back to Curb. Sorry. I enjoyed your. No, sorry. That was gold. I just I, I was like, uh, for a second, I was like, just shut up and let Sean tell the story, Axel. I love that story. <laughs> I like hearing you at the club, man. Um, that's cool, though. Yeah. Comedy's tough, dude. You, you have to, uh, you know, actually today. It's funny today on the Twitter. I made some dumb tweet about. Uh, the guy who played Stannis on Game of Thrones did an interview where he said that he uh, has like no idea what's going on on Game of Thrones. He was just concentrating on his character, you know, and the job he had to yeah. do. And um, I just read it, said something like, you know, people should remember that you're obsessing over some made up character. The person playing the character is just doing their job like they're not a super fan. You know, yeah. I, that's why I don't get when people like go meet people at like conventions and stuff. I mean, I think it's if you're doing it, if you're having fun, you're having fun. Every I've done it. I went and met like John Starks with my sister. I met I don't remember. Oh, you know, I met I met Bob Vila and Norm uh, Abrams from uh, this old house. That's my heroes. And um, <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, I'm sorry. Let you me tell you something. You Let me tell you something. There's only two famous people I've ever met in my life that I, oh, three, that I literally got nervous. Okay. Stephen King, that made me nervous. And I had a great conversation with him. He was a cool dude. Um, John Starks. And that was because my sister loved him so much. I thought she might faint. So it made me Is nervous. Is when he played for the Knicks? Yes. Uh, that's okay. what made me nervous. And, uh, number three was, um, Joe Klecko, famous New York Jets football player. I saw him on the subway in Hoboken and, uh, he stood the whole time, even though the whole, the subway was virtually empty. 
And the reason why he stood is because he's a fo- he can't he's like he can't sit his knees are so bad. He probably wouldn't be able to stand up again. And I was kind of like mm. sad. I like wanted to go and talk to him, but then I just saw it was like an amazing sight. Like it was like a statue of a football player in front of me. Joe Klecko, baby. Anyway, I don't even remember how I got into that. Well, why, why was I talking about being nervous for in front of famous people? This is a meandering podcast. I kind of like this, Sean. I'm kind of digging it, dude. Like, I'm thinking to myself, should I be editing this? Should we start again? But then I'm like, you know what? This is fun. All right. Let's, let, let, let's, let's move it on to Larry. Uh, what did you think of the, I think we saw two or three um, songs from Fatwa the musical. What did you think of the, uh, the musical itself? I thought it was great. I was like, this actually should be a musical. This actually <laughs> might be something I want to see because I, I've always been, I, I like, it's not that I've always just uh, never really been into musicals. Like I've yeah. been to a few and I'm just like, ah, you know, it's just not my thing. But my folks took me to see the producers when I lived in New York. And I was like, wow, this is good. I like this. I mean, whereas like I saw Rent with a friend in New York and I was like, oh, my God, this is just depressing. Like it's depressing with like a theme song. So it was just I don't know. So and then someone told me about the Book of Mormon recently and I was like, oh, this is totally something I would be into. Yeah. And then I was like, Fatwa, I was like, this this would be something I'd be into, too. As long as like there's. Like good punchlines in the songs. <laughs> like, I thought it was fun, man. It. I thought that it was cool the way, like, just the whole stagecraft of it and the way they started it out with uh, them on different sides. And um, what's his name? Uh, F. Murray Abraham was it. And I was like, wow, I love that dude, right? And it kind of, you know, I think lately people may recognize him from Homeland, where he plays Dara Dahl. Um, but he's classic. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool, too, the way they brought them together. And then I liked the one uh, when he was going through all the doors and everything. I just thought it was kind of fun the way they did the whole musical like that. And Lin-Manuel is fantastic. But I have to say, of all of the songs that are left in my head after the show, it's the one they cut. And it's Larry's where it's like, I got, I think I ought to. I got a <laughs> I, I think got I ought to run a gotta. Yeah, yeah, like it was run a gotta. Yeah, I like that. I liked it too. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the like Broadway esque aspects of it, the backstage stuff. Like I said, I like process stuff. So that I I wanted more of that. But I was glad what they gave me. You know, I didn't think there wasn't enough. I thought it was funny, even the way they integrated. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about the uh, sign language boob lady. What what the what is she? A S L interpreter. Oh, she was beautiful. She and yeah. uh, now I have to say, when this when they first introduced this, again I felt like this was a little similar to the um the uh, cousins thing, the cousin and the swinging thing. I felt it was a little retrograde, you know? Yeah. But I have to be completely honest with you. I think it turned out to be one of the funniest bits in the whole 
episode. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And the thing that made it really hilarious to me was that they did instead, instead of concentrating on her boobs, which they did enough of, they were concentrating on the guys and, um, the father of the groom part of it. He turned out to be a really funny character in the yeah, show. He was, great. <laughs> you know, like, he was great. And the way, what great casting. I don't know if he's really deaf. Yeah. I, I didn't I bet he the, is. I think he might be because it looked like he had the cochlear implant. Maybe that may have just been for the show. And then I was thinking if he has the cochlear implant, then he can hear but all right, anyway, so actually sometimes people get it and it takes a long time. But um I thought he was great. I like the way they brought even Ted Danson and Cheryl into it at the wedding. Um I I thought it was funny the way the uh the tech director was looking at her too and everyone while they were <laughs> rehearsing and Larry was the only one who wasn't like he was so it was kind of like it was kind of like Larry was jealous right yeah like it wasn't about like it was more like he was involved in this game with Lynn Manuel of trying to take control of his art and the decisions. And then this is another part of it. And so now he's mad at her and it's like, he's mad at her, but he's really jealous. And it, it kind of, instead it made Larry appear. It almost appeared to be like he, he was competing with her, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of almost vain in a way or something. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. It was like a cat fight between him and the and the uh lady and uh i just felt something that i thought was really retrograde and kind of silly turned out to be they made it pretty funny and that that's the curb that i like when you don't do the kind of expected and i think that they did something funny with it and again um yeah, you know, man, it just made the more we talk about it, the more I wish that the whole cousin thing had been cut so we could have had more time with Chet and his dad. Like, it would have been funny to see them, like, all imagine a scene where Larry, Chet, and his dad, and Chet's dad were just like kind of improving off each other more. And you know what I mean? That would have been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, what do you, you oh, sorry <laughs> chet you're talking about chet hanks right yeah <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> i'm thinking victor in my head and i'm getting them oh okay <laughs> okay I, yeah i just think it's funny to call him chet you know well it's like from yeah. uh weird science chet but is it is that his real name or is it short for something? I think it is. I think that's his name, dude. I, I think oh, okay. his rapper name is like Chaz Money or something, right? Or, or Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. <laughs> yes. That's, he was great. He was really funny. Except the only thing I have to say, we didn't need the second look to the ASL interpreter. That was a bit much. And that's not his mm. choice. That's the editor or director's choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I, little, I agree. That was too much. But the whole thing and the way Susie just threw her out was pretty funny, too. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I think that uh, it, it was like everybody was <laughs> like everybody was mentioning her, but it was like again, it wasn't like sure you had the second look, but it wasn't like played out. Like you're talking about sometimes in comedy where you take things to a ten, like you escalate things, and I feel like it would have been like great if like the uh, the like preacher or something like that or like whoever. There, there had to be more of a play on it. And, like, or if, like, Susie doesn't kick her out, you know what I mean? Like, Well, see, that's Susie what doesn't. I liked about it is instead yeah. of it escalating to that point, right, like you're talking about, like the preacher looks over and then he's not talking. And then people are like, oh, and then a guy, you know, some old lady faints or, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just had Susie stand up and say, that's enough. And throw her out. And I thought that was perfect. Yeah. I love that part of it, man. That was really funny. But you, now, let's talk about, I think, what was your favorite part of the episode, which was our uh, guest star, Casey Wilson, who has been in... But what was okay, the show so that she... interject real quick. I just want to say that oh. she had a great line right in the beginning. And she was just like, yeah, you know, I figure at like 36, there's really no better... There's got to be a lot of opportunity for women in this business. <laughs> Did you catch that? Of course, <laughs> of course. I just, I just, I literally, I laughed out loud. I was like, "Oh, that's great." She's fantastic. Uh, what was the show that she was in? She was on SNL for like a season, and I think they fired her after a season. I don't know. I just no. She was in another. She was in the show I mentioned. It was like the Friends. Uh, it came out. It was on. I think it was on. Was it on NBC? It was with Damon Wayans Jr. and um uh oh the the girl from Twenty Four Eliza Cuthbert. Uh, I can't. It was called like Couples or I don't know. It was something like that. But um, she was great on that show. Yeah, she's yeah. really funny, man. I feel like she's probably one of those people that's going to have like a really good career, like you know, as she ages actually she doesn't see it but you know some people are like oh my god you know what i mean but i feel like she's gonna end up being like the mom on yes, some show yeah. some i think she ha- i think i might have seen her do a routine about that uh that she's uh, already get she got those parts when she was younger like she's always kind of looked <laughs> like a mom it's just like uh it's just like bridget uh uh now i'm forgetting her name from parenthood and all that she has that same kind of mom quality. She's been cast as a mom her whole career. You know, it's kind of funny, yeah. but yeah, that was a great line. The whole thing with it, I don't know. Like, I really have to say that it's. I do like the way Curb plays with and Larry interjects all this rich people stuff into it because having the ability to just hire someone. To show it's so like bourgeoisie, you know what I'm saying, man? Like that's not, you know, it's not far off <laughs> from some other thing. Like it's not, <laughs> not a good idea. Like, oh, I can't, uh, you know, I don't want to do this thing. I'll hire you to do it. And then, but having her show up at the wedding and the fact that Larry did it and made the decision so quickly with, without even thinking about it because he knew that Jeff wouldn't give a shit and it would piss Susie off and you could almost see it on his face, right? Like he started laughing while he was dialing the number 
And I was like, this is going to work because they knew who she was, too. I thought that that yeah. was classic, man. That that her whole this whole part of the show, I loved her at the love, table, yeah. the way she just sat down and started drinking the wine. And she was just taught. And then when he said you could leave, she was just like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved how like the character too, like she had this really mundane name and, there, and he was like, oh, like he was commenting when she gave uh, him her card. He was like, oh, is that French? She's like, yeah, but it's my stage name. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, and then she at the end, she's like, all right, you know, I'll be expecting to call a call from you, you know, because she's like, you know, can you help me find some work kind of thing? And he's like, no, I don't think so. Probably not going to call. Like, you know, he's just, he's so like willing, unwilling to help people. <laughs> and, the fa- and then you knew too, after all of that, that when he called her, she was going to show up at the wedding. I like that oh, yeah. kind of interplay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think that Larry, when they involve him with a woman, I like it better when it's more direct. And that's why I always liked Cheryl on the show. Like I liked the actress and I thought I liked the way she handled him, but I never felt that they, I I just never got the feeling that they were like in love. Whereas even with her, even with Casey Wilson and their little thing at the bar, when they were kind of talking, I just felt like, Oh, she is just, she's not going to call him on his bull. She's just going to go along with his bullshit, which I think is kind of funnier. You know, I think at this stage, I think it would be funny if Larry had a part, like more of a partner. Cause this season, I don't know. He's with Jeff is his buddy and funk and Lewis and Leon, but I don't know. I feel like Larry's still looking for someone to be with. You know, he needs love, Larry. Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> Looking for love in all the wrong places. Can I just say one thing again? Because we had, we talked about the uh, whole cousin thing. We don't need to go back over it. But again, just how was how when Leon said, I heard it from the guest house. I was like, there is no way that Leon sees a bunch of people running around naked and does not go in there and join in. Yeah, it's it. his character. Yeah, it in. was weird, man. I just felt that that I wonder if he said anything on the set too. like, come on, Larry, you know, I would have joined in. Like when he walked out and he was just eating and laughing, I thought that's what he was going to say. I thought yeah. he was going to be like, we had a great time last night, Larry. Where were you? These are the greatest house guests. You know, I, and that would that to me would have been a little bit more funny too. But all right, let's go on. All right, let's hit the sorries. We started out the show with it. I thought that whole thing was great. I loved Lin Manuel. Like I said through this whole episode, I think he's funny as hell. And the w- different, like really curt ways he said it to him <laughs> just in that one scene were fantastic the way he was you know and the thank yous too i just thought that was great man and the funniest part to me of the whole episode and i'm gonna have to say that my mvp for this season a little preview of next our next episode where we kind of do a season review is the funk man i have to say it 
Funkhauser is my favorite character on this show this year. I thought he was the funniest. When he came in there and apologized for being late, it was so <laughs> funny. I was, uh, I was like, I was kind of enjoying the episode and I had laughed a few times. But when it just cut to that, I don't know what happened, man. But I was it's like, like weird though, because I feel like this is what's what's weird about this episode is that like his first apology in the restaurant is shitty, but then his next apology is over the top. So like for the episode, it works out much better if his second apology also sucks. Well, I think that's because they just were ending it with them there. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like they were, ju- <laughs> they hadn't decided, and which is what we're talking about, right? It's like. They're starting like 50 different things and then only continuing a couple of them. Yeah. And what well, you also yeah. notice too, when Larry gets like really pumped about Funk Hours, there's a That's what I love. He, like, he hugs him. He's like, <laughs> oh, he dude, is, in my he mind, gets real physical. He gets real physical. I love he, like, it. He hugs. That's how I felt. That's why I love that whole scene because as he was doing that, I saw the way Larry was just getting pumped up. He was like, that is a, th- oh my God. And I started getting pumped up. And the fact that I got pumped up and I was laughing made me just kind of go into like almost like a little laughing fit. And I was just like, why am I laughing so much at this? But it was, I just, I don't know, man, that, that may, that may have been my favorite scene of the whole season. I really loved it. Yeah. I loved it, man. So what else we got here? Um, what did you think of the, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Um, the whole clothes watcher or what, what did he call it? Uh, outfit watcher or I don't know what he say. He's outfit like, uh, tracker, tracker, tracker. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Outfit tracker. That I thought was great. And I thought that F Murray Abraham was fantastic in it. He's like, now you got me worried. Larry. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I liked is that. He got, he got a turn. And then they started saying, he started saying, Big Murray is watching. And he was like, Big Larry is watching. Like, I don't know, man. That really cracked me up. And I thought that they played with it in just in the right way, you know? Yeah. Like they didn't get too angry at each other at that point. I thought it was funny. Yeah. You got anything else on that? No, I mean, it was, you know, oh, okay. I definitely took notice the way that you did. Okay. All right. Now I liked it. it. I liked it. You liked it. You liked it. I, I, well, I, I, I definitely I, like Funkhauser, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I always, funk. since the Super Day days. <laughs> yes. I have to admit that when I was a kid, I thought Super Dave was the funniest thing in the world. I was like, for a while there, I was obsessed with Super Dave And, you know, back in the day, not everybody had a, that was on Showtime and not everybody had Showtime. And I can remember just some people, some of my friends getting the Super Dave references and I'd be so happy because I just thought, because that was always his thing, right? To just like become crazed. And when he started doing the sorries. It just reminded me maybe, but it was fantastic, man. Yeah, Close Howard. Well, we talked about funk. Oh, I, th- I think we hit most of the points that we wanted to talk about. The the whole yeah, I mean we talked a little bit about the end scene and the and the whole um the whole uh 
paintball, which was which was fun. I mean, it was like a curt, you know, they it was almost I almost felt like it's kind of the episode necessitates it to have the wedding in that at the end of the finale, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of like some big scenes. But this whole season had big scenes with the reenactment, you know, so I, I kind of I, I dug it. I didn't like I said, I didn't think that the whole thing with Nick Offerman worked out great the whole you know taking out the taxes it was funny but just i don't know there was some kind of interplay there that i felt was a little bit lacking and also i kind of i i kind of wish that larry still showed up at the wedding somehow yeah um he needs to be at that like that see the wedding could be his own episode yeah yeah that's true literally it could have you're right but and it would have been funny with Jeff. They could have brought back the real estate agent. There was a lot of stuff. And they brought that back a little bit with how where we end is that now. And and I was uh, a little bit right about this when I said, let's keep watch of the fact that everybody's invested. I thought they might bring Lewis back to like show up at the restaurant and try to attack Larry like had happened in three other times this season. That might have been kind of funny. Um, but yeah, they all lost money on it. Um, and now there's no more fatwa. The play is dead. So my dream of a whole of them having secretly shot an entire other season, uh, it did not come to fruition. Oh, well, you can't win them all. (laughs) That was not crackpot at all. That was very based in fact. Um, but overall, funny episode uh like i said the cousin thing kind of just turned me off i don't know but they did turn it around with the with the interpreter any other highlights you want to kind of quickly mention before we exito um i guess we didn't really touch on it too much but it's still i mean we did barely touch on it but the duel was hilarious oh okay so you (laughs) like the duel yeah i like the duel okay and i like i like the uh I liked when they were in the ambulance too. And uh, the guy playing the ambulance driver was hilarious. Because he was basically like, Larry's like, well, can, can you just like make a right at the next light? It's only like three quarters of a mile down the straight. And the guy was like, fuck you. Now that's something too, is I've noticed overall a lot less people taking Larry's shit. Like in past yeah. seasons, people have just kind of gone along with him because he's annoying. Yeah, and I like the way people are fighting. But you're right; that whole sequence with him and the um, the paintball down the throat, I thought that was kind of cool. I was wondering how what direction they were going to go with it. You know, like what was going to happen in the duel. Oh yeah, and and then I had a and then I had this thought for a second that when Leon said to him, "Take those pants," that they were going to bring it all the way back to the very first episode and those were going to be pants tent pants and Lin-Manuel was going to think he had a hard on or something like that, or he was going to get shot in it or something, but that didn't play out. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know to tell you. (laughs) So what, what do you have any, uh, anything else you want to, let's see what else we can talk. Cause you're right. That, I did. Uh, I was trying to think about that sequence. 
again, I think Lin-Manuel was great. And I was, though, as that as that kind of wound down, I kind of figured there's going to be no more, you know, when he was doing the whole voice thing. I yeah. figured, okay, the play's over, you know, which did yeah. make me a little sad because I would have liked to seen again my dream of having a whole season of them doing this would have been funny. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. All right, Sean. Well, you know what? I think our little experiment today worked out pretty damn good, man. We had a good episode. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it sure was for you. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, thank you very much for listening. You go, oh, my voice cracked. You can email us at curbyourpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us, Curb Your Podcast, on Twitter, at Curb Your Podcast. Got to put that at on the Twitter. You can go on Twitter and go to Twitter Moments, and I, you can check out my dumb tweet that's on there now that's probably going to get me somehow in trouble because people are cesspool of hate and twitter sucks but besides that we had a great episode today so listen to us on uh other podcasts we have on the dvr podcast network write us a review on itunes and we will be back for one more episode where we're going to freestyle it again and maybe what we'll do is we'll pick out like our top five favorite moments or something like that you know give ourselves a little bit of a framework and go for there just to kind of talk about the season in general. And um, and we'll have some more funk talk. Maybe I'll pick out my favorite funk moments of the season. But I think that yeah. that, that sorry is going to rank up there with me, man. Because that was great. We want the funk. Oh, yeah. Gotta have that funk. All right, Sean. Take us out, buddy. All right, everybody. Axel, just want to let you know today's show was... Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs>